You know, I feel like uh, geek wearing a space mic. When I uh, came out of the academy, uh, when I first came out of the academy years ago, um, I went to Dinwiddie and I was put on the team. We weren't actually officially the agent, that's what you call ourselves. And it was myself and two other teachers. And um, we really prided ourselves on looking good and, and, and working hard and all that kind of stuff. And uh, shortly after I came out, we went to this new radio system. And uh, the state police, for whatever reason, was kind of behind on the technology thing. And so um, we were just now getting to the point where we had to... The microphone that you could attach to your hip radio and bring up and, and hook up here on your, on your shoulder and all that kind of stuff, and you could talk like that. And uh, it looked like a lot of work to me. And uh, I noticed my two ship partners weren't wearing theirs, and I was like, hey man, I asked the, the older guy. Um, he was a former Marine, and uh, he had been there the, the longest. I said, hey, how come y'all don't wear the uh, shoulder mic? You don't want to look like a city cop. Thank <laughs> you. 
conviction sets in. I'm like, I'm driving home. I got my kid, my four of my kids with me. Because, of course, to add to God's humor, uh, this is the weekend that Michelle and my two oldest daughters are gone out of the state. I'm like, this is good. People would do this for you. So Iris, with my two youngins right in front of you, get to acting up. You just knock their coconuts together. <laughs> they won't now because I just made them feel awful. So extra good. But conviction started in, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Called and we talked, and you know, I, I guess it's best for the congregation because I would not want to look at somebody. So if you have pink eye and you're the one who gave it. Now's the time to slip out. <laughs> I would not want, I wouldn't come to church by asking that. I wouldn't want somebody else to come to church if they had some guys. It's the best. The man doesn't come to church. He needs to have the day off anyway uh, to recover. So here I am. Did start feeling sick, as I already said this morning. Uh, I wasn't going to wear an undershirt, because I don't want you guys to see me sweat, but I'm trying to play it cool. I heard uh, somebody say this morning, uh, well, you ought to be grateful to have an opportunity to preach. It is a, it's a burden to be up here. Uh, it really is. And um, when you come up here, to preach the word of the Lord, it makes you appreciate our uh, pastor even more. Uh, uh, but here I am, and thankfully, as I was telling Kevin, thankfully, uh, God has just recently given me a word. This Thursday night, I started reading through Thessalonians and didn't get far. Um, First Thessalonians, um, before I thought, man, that is, that's a that's a strong word right there. And so that's where we're going to be this morning, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And just to give uh, some quick background, some things that you're, you're not going to get this morning, because this is really thrown together. Uh, I'm going to try and fill a good 20 minutes. So if you've got reservations that go for office or something like that, you might want to call and tell them it's going to be early, but... Uh, to give you some background uh, where where this is coming from, Paul and Silas, and this is according to uh, Acts 17, Paul and Silas had pretty much planted this church in Thessalonica, uh, as we look at it today, if you can call it a church plant. But they, they founded this church, and they had to quickly get out of town because... Um, Basically, the Jews in that area started getting ticked off that these guys were here preaching the gospel, preaching about Jesus, that he was the Messiah. And so they were ran out of town, uh, run out of town, um, by this mob of Jews um, who were really starting to get violent. And so they, they get out of there really quick. They really don't have a lot of time to stay there and really mentor these people, but nonetheless, they started this church through the power of God. And uh, Paul is saying, basically, hey man, it's my heart. I really, really want to get back to you guys, but I can't. Um, and they just keep coming up, so instead he writes uh, these two letters. Um, first and second Thessalonians. Pretty much to encourage 
uh, this church heard his body in this city. And um, he, he hears, hey, you guys are doing really, really good. And that's awesome. I just want to write these things to encourage you. And so that's where we're going today. We're starting the first, uh, the first uh, letter um, to this church. And I always, um, I, I imagine when these guys get these letters, um, I picture when, when these churches, they get these letters from Paul, I picture them um, gathering everybody together and saying, hey, we got a letter, we got a letter from Paul. And see, we, we take, you know, forever to read one of these letters, but I imagine they stood up there and read until this whole thing was done, and then they broke it down from there. So, kind of picturing us opening up this letter from Paul. And we're not going to go real far because uh, we're going to get to our text pretty quick. But I'll start at uh, verse 1. Paul, and I'm reading out of the NIV. Um, so if you were to read a little bit different, then I'm sorry. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you. Mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we'll stop. I'm not going to read any more of that letter because verse 3 is where I, I got to the other night on Thursday night. How did my So if you're looking to jot down three points, I guess it would be your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. And if you notice, uh, it's almost like this church has this reputation of being a body that has these characteristics. They're a body of faith, they're a body of love, and they're a body of hope. And if they're a church of that, then that would mean that at least the vast majority of the people who go to this place are those type of believers. And so, I kind of feel like that we are, we're called to emulate Christ, right? Um, the Bible is kind of full of uh, ways that we can do that. We have, of course, the example of Jesus. But also when we read things like this, I think it is appropriate, and it was for me, uh, I think it's appropriate that we stop and we kind of uh, self-evaluate, maybe as a body and as, as individuals, where we are. Some of us are hitting home runs, and some of us aren't. Maybe. So I think this morning, uh, I think it's a good time to just reflect on these points. Are we a people that works due to our faith in Jesus? Are we a people marked by our labors of love? And are we a people known for our never-ending energy and passion because of our hope in Christ? Is that what we're known for? Is that who you are? So the first 
point, your work produced by faith. And we're going to go over a couple of uh, verses, and they're verses that uh, we've all heard before, so it's not like you're going to go, wow, oh, that verse was great. Uh, they're ones that we, we've heard before. But the first point, your work produced by faith. Uh, we could turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read uh, the first 13 verses of that. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Now faith is confidence what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what, what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offering, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the, the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his as his inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so, from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. So as I was thinking about work produced by faith, I thought, you know, nobody in the Bible that was ever called righteous or faithful did so for doing nothing. They didn't, they didn't get that title from God by sitting around and doing nothing. And everybody's faith was the type of faith that produced an action, that produced works. And I know that we sometimes... Tiptoe around, oh, but 
don't need to talk about work now. And I don't think any of this is saying that that's what gets us into heaven. But if your faith is such that it doesn't do anything, then it's not very strong faith, is it? And of course, James chapter 2, 14 through 22. Surely you all knew we were going to that. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm uh, and well fed, but does nothing about the physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that. Shut up. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not your father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on an altar? to the work of faith. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. I want to quote, um, I didn't think I'd have time to find quotes, but I did. I want to quote, uh, I'm going to copy this down, but I got it on my Yeah, it's just why you don't need an iPhone get around. I'm going to quote uh, a great poet, N.F. Out of the Toby Mac song, Till the Day I Die. It's a quote. Till I die and they put me in the coffin, don't matter if I'm on the road or I'm recording, tell me what you think about me that really ain't important. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a representative. I ain't playing. Can't afford to. I only got one life, and I get it, though. And this is not an act. Not a movie. Not a TV show. I don't know what quitting means. I don't ever take it slow. You know, I'm on the grind. Me and Toby in the studio. Do it for the king. What do you know about that? Say you're going harder? Mm-hmm. I doubt that. <laughs> you say you're doing work? Well, you're asking where the couch at. How you doing work when you ask him where the couch at? <laughs> so how you doing work when you ask him where the couch at? Right? I mean, we giggle, but, I mean, he's got a point. He's got a point. You know, we say we have faith, but we ask him where the couch at. We don't want to do anything. And look, whenever I teach or preach, which hopefully is few and far between, because, <laughs> man, this, is, this works on me. Paul's good at it. Corky seems to be cool and calm and collected. But, man, this, this is a rough one, 
But whenever I do it, you can bet this, that anything that I say, uh, anything that I preach, is 100% what God is speaking to me. And so I'm never bringing this big old two-by-four to hit somebody over the head. I'm just saying what God's saying to me. And so if you feel like there might be a two-by-four hitting you over the head, I got hit first. And I'm just sharing this. Uh, Matt Chandler also said in a sermon, I don't remember what the topic was, but he said, and I don't know, maybe he listened to this song too. <laughs> but he said, nobody ever got called righteous from sitting on the sofa. Nobody ever got called righteous from sitting on the sofa. And all these people in the Bible, though they weren't perfect, when they were given the title from God, righteous or faithful, he counted their faithfulness as righteous. They didn't do it for doing nothing. They believed in Jesus Christ. They had such faith in him that they were willing to live their lives in a way that they did stuff. It produced action. And if your faith is not producing any type of action, like I said earlier, it's not very much faith. It's not very strong faith. And we also had a, uh, an analogy one time. I'm going to put this together. It's been a while since I've heard it. But he was talking about this three-legged raggedy chair um, that existed. And somebody was saying that they, they believed that that chair would hold them up if they sat in it. This is an adult male who's saying this. And this chair was not going to hold But he... He was saying, hey, if you believe so much that that chair is going to hold you up, then sit in it. Sit in it. God would sit in it. Because he really didn't actually have faith that the chair would hold him up. If you believe it's going to hold you up, then sit in it. So if we believe in Christ so much, let's do something about it. So how does this look? How, how, can this, how can this play out? So as I was sitting last night, I was kind of thinking of some things, hoping some things to pop in my head of, of acts, of works, of faith. Faith walked out. And of course, the first one that came to mind was Paul, our own pastor. Um, willing, and he really, really, really was willing to come to church. He had no wish to come to church other than you guys. Not even what you all have to see God. He had no wish to come to church and preach. Now, I know it's a job. I mean, he gets a salary for it and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you what. If I got pink out of that, I'm not going to work tomorrow. And I probably won't go Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll probably go Thursday. Because I started a new job. <laughs> I won't be there Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. He was willing to come. I thought of Shane and Jessica, Noah and Jordan, and everybody else who comes out every single Wednesday night. They didn't come this past Wednesday night because they blizzard. So that's what I thought. It was a, a blizzard, a Virginia blizzard. So they didn't come out. But other than that, they 
come out every Wednesday night for an hour and a half or two hours. So that's two days out of their week that they're committed to this church. That's an act of faith. They didn't believe in Jesus, and they'd be be a fool to do that. They've got other stuff they could do. Maybe just go home and watch TV or sleep in on Sunday. Be a fool. I mean, for what? You don't really believe in Jesus. I thought of Alex, and I've mentioned this before. He won't tell you this unless you ask him. I thought of Alex uh, getting off at 7 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and he's here running the sand, showing Josh how to do it. You know where I would be if I got off at 7 in the morning? At home, giggling and corky because he's a group. That's why I probably like this. I think of Eric Styles and his commitment to this church. Of course, it's family too. The fact that they still travel here from Chesterfield and, and Eric is here one time every Sunday morning that he's supposed to be to call this, this body to worship. Gary takes off a week of leave every year to do the guys that could. Now, yeah, he worked for the state, so he's got two or three weeks. Don't you care? He got two or three weeks, but he's still giving up one of them. He could he could hang out around the house that week. He could go to the beach. But instead, he takes off the week and he hustles for this body. For the guys who come to that guy retreat. So that they may know Christ a little bit more. That's faith walked out. The fact that this driveway is cleaned off this week after this huge blizzard. I know the Lord's like, Please. I'm not a blizzard. <laughs> I'm no asshole. But after this huge blizzard that we got, there's it's it's no accident that that driveway is, is cleaned off. Those piles of snow didn't just gather up. Evan came out here on his own time to do that. He loaded up in big old things and bobcat things. And and I couldn't drive and my life was on line. And he cleared it all up. That is faith walked out. That is faith so strong that it produces action. So I guess I have to ask if you're like me, are there some areas in your life where you are either not doing it or avoiding action? Like I said, if you're like me, then yes. And like I said, you need to be on the ground. I asked him where the cap is. Well said, but that's not me. Point two: your labor prompted by love. Pastor Kirk said uh, in a meeting that we had a year and a half or so ago, 
uh, among many other things that were said that day, Pastor Kirk stood up and said, no, people just want to feel cared for. People just want to feel cared for. And that, that is labor prompted by love. First John 4, again, another, and I saw that coming, scripture, 9, 10, and 11. First John 4, 9, 10, and 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So you have here, you have the great example of what labor of love looks like. I didn't just say, well, I love you guys. We and then in verse 11, there's a command. We all love one another since God loves us. We have the example, we have the command. John uh, 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give to you, love one another. A command. As I love you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So I wonder if there's people here who are kind of shuddering at the thought of, um, well, we don't want to be boastful about our actions and stuff. I'm not calling us to be boastful about our actions, but if we are truly these types of people, then we're going to be known for This church was such that Paul had caught wind. He hadn't even been there since he got ran out of town. And this church was known so much for their faith and their love and their hope that he caught wind of And so this this is my this is probably the area I all three of these things line But our love should be for each other so much that it, it produces, it brings out the willingness to do things. Not just uh, say I love you, but it, it, it brings out action. And how does this look? It looks like uh, Butch Dean and Tom Hunter doing work in Wanda's basement. Walked out when people from this body go to the hospital to visit people who are from this body that are in the hospital. That's an act of love. To me, there's a difference. You can kind of fall in together, but there's a difference here between these uh, works of faith and acts of love. Guys from the guys retreat going to Carol Suggs' house uh, uh, for work.
next three. They're kind of personal. And we're really going with someone. There we go. So when me and my family, we uh, decided to move this way, we, um, for whatever reason, decided to take a house that did work. And so we had to do some things uh, to the main part of the house to get ready so that we could move into it and then work on the bottom side of the house. But while we were doing that, um, there's another family who was working on their house, the hill. And so while we, for two weeks, are working on this top side of this house so that we can get moved in, the hills put their house on hold and came over like five, six days and worked for hours on my house. It could have been at their house work. But instead, their love was so great for us that they came to my house work. That's right. They were in the basement with nobody else to hang out with and paint cabin boards. They were up there trying to walk with me on figuring out how to put down a harbor floor. And we say, hey, I'm going to go. I don't know, we'll, we'll help you with this. All right. Next day, we get something done. We think that'd be it. <clears throat> the next day, show up. You need to come back? I don't even want to. <laughs> so as we're, we're here, you know, we don't want to commute back and forth to South Hill all the time. So the Roberts, because of their love for us, opened up their home. Shelby was booted out of her bed so that I could have somewhere to sleep. Even though my feet hung off the bottom of it. <laughs> still had somewhere to sleep. I had an act of love. They didn't just say, love you. Hope that trip is too tough on you. They said, hey, we love you guys. Y'all can, y'all can bunk over here. Our kitchen was torn up, and we, uh, we, you know, we, of course, we're putting out all the floors, so we had the stove pulled out, and we're going to do new countertops and stuff like this. So I have some uh, old flooring as countertops for the time. It's just kind of like sitting up there at the time. So we can put stuff on it, mostly tools. And the uh, stove's unplugged, and it's pulled out, all this kind of stuff. But one night, the greens show up with uh, 50 dozen eggs. And uh, I think they brought their own little. And everything we took eggs. And they fried my entire family eggs until we were full. <laughs> and if you don't like fried eggs, that might sound terrible to you. <coughs> Kenny Green makes the best fried eggs by far. So they didn't say, no, you guys don't have a lot of time to stop and eat. You haven't had a real warm meal in the last week. Sing for you guys. We'll be over soon. They didn't say that. They said, you know what? We need to be over there. We need to make these guys some hot eggs. I think some of the robbers might even be there. Bill probably there. Were y'all there? Bill? See? Fried. He stood there and fried everybody fried eggs. That is an act of love. My family has been loved big time by this church over the years. 20 
We weren't just told, we love you guys, hope everything goes well. He's your family. We have been loved on. This is how it should look. This is how it should look. I shouldn't see it. So I would say that John Rizima and, and his wife kind of live out of the way. Alright? John? Where's your From, well, uh, county-wide, yes, in schools. But I would say they kind of live out of the way from, from this area. And so for the last 19 months, I've been assigned in Brunswick County. And uh, Lawrenceville, and, and I spent a lot of time in that county. Thankfully, Wednesday's my last day. I was in the county over there. Okay. But you know how many times I have gone by to see the Rosemans who were out of the way? Brian, how many times? You can say it. No, I <laughs> That's how it should look. And that is to my shame. But I told you guys this is my weak area. So I wanted to give you an example of how it should look. Are there areas in your life where you say you have love for people, but it's not spilling over? It's not so great that it spills over into action. It spills over into labors of love. People just want to feel care for. That's not just me who wants to feel cared for, or you. That's everybody. And so when things like that are done, people feel love. And that is what we are called to. That is how we were created. So are there opportunities where you can show your fellow believers? Number three, your endurance, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Your endurance. And so when I when I read this specific part of, of this verse, um, I kind of envision a church body with such hope in their future with Jesus that it bursts. Um, unending and untiring excitement in the mission uh, and the life that it is to bring glory to God. And so endurance, to me what that says to me is it's, it's energy, it's passion, zeal. It doesn't stop. We don't look tired of this. We don't grow weary. Because our hope in the future that we have with Jesus is so great. It's greater than any other hope that you can have. It's so great that it turns into this energy. First Peter uh, 3.15 says this, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to Everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. When I read this verse, uh, what, what I've heard a lot of people kind of say when it comes to this verse is, um, now I want to I live in a way you know, that's different. 
and one day somebody, this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to live in a way so much that it's different. But some days, when somebody's going to say, man, where you get this joy from, man? Tell me about that joy. But I don't think that's exactly what that person is referring to. There was a guy uh, who used to be around here. I guess he is anymore. Mighty guy. Cool to you. Elder Peral. Move away. Don't hold that against me, y'all. But let me tell you what. This guy, this is what I'm talking about. This is the example I want to give of an endurance inspired by hope. This guy, uh, when you were around him, you didn't have to go, hey man, what's that joy all about? You knew what it was all about. You knew without a doubt this guy is, is off the hook because of Jesus Christ. Not an annoying way. I remember we, uh, I was in uh, we were doing this thing, a, a prayer, a prayer around the platform. And um, at first, it was just me and Michelle and a couple other loser Christians. And uh, it wasn't that cool. But Elder Farrar used to drive a bus. And one day he saw us doing that. And, and from that point on, every time we were praying around the platform, we had a schedule. He would. Drop his kids off, and then he would pull up right beside the platform. He'd get off and he'd pray with them. It, man, I think so. Because this man's zeal and excitement for Christ, he just couldn't And it went from a few of us dorky looking kids to 20, 30 people at a time. And it was big. It got to the point where. Uh, there was complaints from other students, and then we had to we had to adjust what we were doing because the circle had got too big. You know where the flagpole is, the, the high school, for the students entering. The circle had gotten so big that it was blocking the entrance. You couldn't get by us anymore. Oh, you might have been one of those But I remember a guy. I don't say his name. I remember his name. He was supposed to be a uh, he, he made a complaint. So basically, they didn't tell us we had to stop, but we had to, I, don't know, I think we had like an inner circle or something like that, because the one circle wasn't so big. But man, that was from Elder Farrar bringing an energy. Yeah, we might have started it, but he brought this, this crazy energy that, that really brought an enthusiasm to keep doing what we were doing, and it was infectious. I remember. Uh, as a young trooper, uh, this was back in uh, probably before, before everybody had phones. Some people had phones, not everybody. Uh, and so this was back in the day when there, there was a broken down vehicle. You really didn't need to check on it on the interstate because they promised you things. They did not have a phone. Nowadays, everybody got a phone. When you get there, they've already got a message on it. Back then, nope, they were stranded until you showed up. Um, and so I showed up one day to this uh, broken down vehicle on the side of the road. And, um, I don't remember how many people were in there, but this, it was this, uh, this lady. And um, she was, 
it was daytime, so she was up up on the on the, on the hill, uh, out of her car, it was hot, so she was up in the shade, and uh, I just remember saying, this is hot, man. this is terrible, and it broke down. I don't know how long they've been here, but I would be it. I would not be happy. And this woman, she's like, ah, oh, all the the Lord, all in God's hands, and this and that. I'm like, I'm a Christian. I'm like, are you serious? Your car's broke down. I'm going to cross your arm away. You're going to be here two more hours because these tow trucks take forever. I didn't say that. I was He didn't have to tell me where her joy was coming from. It was it was out there. I didn't have to go, man, I'm sorry. You've got to tell me where this joy is coming from. I didn't have to ask her. She was giving an account because it was who she was. Her hope in Christ was so strong. It was coming out. Those are examples. Endurance inspired by hope in Christ. You know, we uh, have the uh, pleasure of having the greatest hope that there is. But to be a non-believer, um, there, what hope do you have? None, I guess. All right? I mean, well, you, you got these 80 or so years. Boy, 90. <laughs> no? That's it. If you're without Christ, that's all you've got. But our hope in the future that we have in Christ, it should bring about an endurance, an energy, a passion, an excitement. Just by that, we're giving them an account for the hope that we have. I told Michelle and a group of people the other day that, uh, you know how the first year it is, we uh, think of all the things that we're going to do to fix ourselves. And um, I told Michelle and a couple of people, I said, you know, one thing I do, and I really do feel like God's calling me to be more bold this year. And uh, not, like I said, not in an annoying way. Um, and I'm not going to start you know, wearing cheesy hats and shirts and stuff like that to work. But in a way, this, this is how I picture it. You know, I, I work with a bunch of guys um, that you ask them what they did over the weekend, and they're excited about it. Um, and it's not, it's not, oh man, Jesus, this and that. It's about what they did that weekend. They're, they're excited. Whatever their hobby is, whether it's Flying drones. Uh, they're excited about that. Am I that excited about Christ? I want, and, and I'm serious, it's not to be funny. I want to be as excited as hunters are about hunters. I mean, have you talked to these guys? And if you're one, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm not sorry, like, pity on you. I'm just saying, I'm, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, these hunters, man, they are excited. You know, when it's like a couple of days before hunting season starts, they've got their stuff laid out. You know, they're ready to roll. Quincy was so geared up, he was like, 
I got to hear the word. Satan's going to go and now Satan accidentally killed two deer that day. <laughs> well, he's hooked. But he's keeping a little one, thankfully. So I'm going to hear that next. <laughs> but that's how, dear, I, that's how excited I want to be about Christ. You know, and they're like, hey man, would you do this? Dude, let me tell you what. I know you don't want to hear it. So our pastor laid down this really good sermon. Or my kids went to this great conference over the week. It was really awesome. They learned this and this. Now they might roll their eyes. But I rolled my eyes at them. And they told me about the five twenty bucks. <laughs> So that's how excited I want to be um, as excited as people are about fantasy football. And these people really get crazy about fantasy football. I don't get it. I love football. But I don't care about the, the backup tight end for the Packers. I just don't care. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got <laughs> so I'm just that's how excited I'm going to be I'm serious these, these are things that came to my mind I, I wasn't trying to think of jokes I was trying to think of who do I encounter on Mondays and Tuesdays that are geeked out about what they did this past weekend or on Fridays that they're excited about what they're going to do they're excited that on Sunday they're getting together for a fantasy football draft I want to be that excited. And they're so excited that they tell me about it. I'm serious. That's how excited I want to be. I really am trying to bring bring this to a point where we can understand what I'm saying. But are we that excited? Do we have that endurance that doesn't get tired about what we are called to do with Christ? I think sometimes, a lot of times, we, uh, we lose that excitement. It just becomes old. It's not that exciting like it, it used to be when we were new Christians. Or when we first started at this church. Or when our kid got saved. That excitement wears off. But it shouldn't. That means our endurance is running low. It shouldn't. Are because this is a long life. So is your hope such that you are excited and confident? Confident in the mission of Christ? Or are you lacking, growing tired, and low on endurance? This word um, is for our church and it's for individuals. And like I said, it's um, this is what God spoke to me in my life. Uh, he showed me many an area, many an area where I'm avoiding works of faith, where I'm avoiding or not taking opportunity to show love for people. The area where I'm not always that excited about what we're doing. But it's also uh, a word for our church because this is this is what I, this is what I see. I see NCF um, 
being a body, being a church, being a body of people that has the reputation uh, that the church is definitely has. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having that reputation? We have a reputation of being maybe a praying church. Like that. That's great. We have other good things that we're known for. But man, what if we were also a church known for our works of faith? People knew when they said, hey man, what's up with that weird church out there down that long driveway that's going to go down? <laughs> Let me tell you what. That church is on the move for Christ. And I remember when my such and such got sick. And man, they brought her meal. And they are on fire for Christ out there. Not in a weird way. They are on fire for Christ. What if we had that reputation? To get that reputation, we're going to have to be a church full of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to happen because the building does that stuff. It's going to have to be the people within it. If we are not uh, a church that produces works because of our faith, then how can we be known for our faith? If our love for one another, for other believers, is not so great that it turns into action, then how will we be known for it? If we don't have the type of hope in Christ that produces passion, energy, and zeal for the glory of God, then how can we be known as a people of hope? We won't be known as a church like Thessalonica was. So, I know that sometimes the Word of God uh, speaks harsh to us, and that's just the way it is. I would just hope that we would all kind of reflect <clears throat> on this Word. Um, that's what God did to me. Uh, this is what He spoke to my heart. Um, I, am, I am grateful, really, um, that God gave me this opportunity to speak this morning, because uh, it's just weird. Uh, how God works on this house. Not every time that I crack the Bible, I walk away going, yeah, that was great words. Honestly. But this time, on Thursday night again, like I said, maybe, just maybe, I knew all was going to get me God. <laughs> now, I'm really banking on this not continuing to happen because if this trend continues on, then you're going to hear me and Corbin preach. 26 times this year between the two of us. And Paul only preached 26 times. So if this trend keeps on, it's a long year. <laughs> uh, but seriously, guys, um, reflect on God's Word, uh, what He has for you, what He has for this church. Uh, thank you for your attention. And uh, may God bless the preaching of the